Good day, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and we are talking with a couple of people who've created a, a really cool website that I think anyone who is in the musical theatre industry, uh, be it uh, performers especially, but also producers and writers and, and things like that should know about. So I'd like to introduce the world to Laura Josepher and David Sisko from ContemporaryMusicalTheater.com. Welcome, Laura and David. Hi. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be with you. Oh, so happy to have you guys on board because I've been to the website. I love what you do. Now, I'm not going to ruin it for the listeners right away because <laughs> we want you to talk about it. But we want to know who you are, first of all. So, uh, Laura, let's start with you. Give us your 30-second bio. Who is Laura? <laughs> well, uh, I started my life as a musical theater performer. That's what I went to college for, but I quickly realized that was not my true calling. Spent a few years stage managing professionally, worked a little bit off Broadway and even on Broadway. And then I stumbled into directing. I say I, I became an accidental director, but it really is my true home. I love directing, especially new works. Uh, I really focus a lot on new musicals. I love dramaturgy. I love developing new work as I'm working with writers. I also work as an audition coach, and there in my studio, I focus primarily on young artists, some as young as 10 and 11. I actually had my first five-year-old client recently, but working with them to audition for performing arts, middle schools, high schools, and college auditions. So that's that's a little bit who I am. I also, with David, do a bit of uh, teaching. We do a lot of master classes and workshops, and that's a little bit about uh, our company and around our book, which I'm sure we'll talk about Wonderful. Now that was 38 seconds. So uh, I might have to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so David, can you get it to a concise 30 seconds? Okay. Well, because the- Laura did get 38. Maybe you can have 38. Oh, okay. Let, let me see what I can do. <laughs> Uh, my name is David Sisko, and to uh, follow Laura, I will say that I started out thinking I was going to be an opera singer. I went to Syracuse University and Boston University to study voice and also study composition, uh, but realized that uh, as much as I love opera, that was not where I was supposed to be. I am now uh, a teacher. I teach privately and uh, do lectures and teach internationally as well. Um, Love teaching voice. uh, And I also am an adjunct professor at Wagner College on Staten Island. In addition, I am a writer. I'm a part of the BMI Musical Theater Workshop, which is a pretty legendary uh, place for musical theater writers. And um, have found this this website, which we're going to talk about today. I love uh, coaching and teaching and um, and doing master classes. It's really what I, I love working with young artists. And that's what I love to hear. The, the both of you said all the, the important things, you know, working with new musicals, uh, creating a, and fostering a, a love from the ground up from a young age for mm-hmm. musical theater. So that's, that's, I can commend you on both for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> so speaking of youth, when when did it uh, when did musical theater become a part of your life uh, for the two of you? Has it always been a part of your life, or did you discover it later? Or uh, Laura, start with you. Well, I grew up in a suburb 
of New York City, uh, Syosset, Long Island, and I had a mother who loved theater. So she would take me, I can't even remember, people ask me what's my first show, I can't remember because my, I, was, I was going into the city all of the time to see shows from a very young age. So it was just a part of my life and so I think I've always, I've always loved musical theater as an audience member for sure. Performing it started for me in junior high school, I would do the summer musicals and I was in the high school productions as well and then I went on to major in it in college. So for me, it's pretty much been lifelong. That's great. And and I think uh, this type of thing, theater should be started at a young age because it, it creates um, such a wonderful appreciation for the arts and, and, and things like that. So congratulations to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and David, yourself. Yeah, go ahead. I was directing, choreographing, and starring in Fiddler on the Roof in my li- living room. <laughs> uh, probably... I mean, I was I was definitely in first grade. I mean, I, I knew every single song of that show uh, in first grade. We had, um, uh, for your younger listeners, there these things called um, records that um, people used to have. And uh, I listened to my parents' record of Fiddler on the Roof, and that was, that was the beginning of it for me. <laughs> and which version was that? Oh, it was the original. Oh, it was the, the Topol? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, the Zero Mostel. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I, said, I can't remember. It was Broadway or the movie. Actually, no, I think it was the movie. Okay, so it was it, totally. it Yeah, um, but yeah, either way, brilliant. And um, yeah, that's and, and I, I dabbled in it uh, in musical theater in undergrad. I knew that you know, again, thinking I was going to go into opera, I knew I had to be able to move well and act. And so I kind of snuck into some of the acting classes at Syracuse University. Uh, I'm very thankful to the music theater program for letting me do that. Perfect. So you're both on your trajectory of, of uh, you know, being performers and, and the theater and the arts. How did the two of these parallel lines converge and the two of you meet? Well, Laura and I met, um, we have, we have a rule. Anything over five years is about five years. So um, <laughs> we met about five years ago. No, okay. It's, fair it's, enough. It's, <laughs> we, we've it's been like almost 15. Probably. I think it's almost 15. Yeah. 15 years ago. I, I met Laura through a colleague of mine because I was looking for a director for uh, a play I'd written called bait, which is a uh, two person multi-character uh, play about gay speed dating. And Laura and I just immediately connected through that process. And I brought her into my collaboration with my uh, amazing uh, lyricist, Tom Gualtieri. And the three of us have worked together ever since. So you, you started working together. And then how did musical, contemporarymusicaltheater.com start? So I, I founded Contemporary Musical Theater uh, with a colleague in 2012. Um, we had a big launch uh, at uh, Second Stage, uh, just down the street from where we are currently. And, um, and then I brought Laura in um, a couple years after we launched, um, just knowing that Laura had not only a great artistic vision, but also was very, um, we're both kind of, we're very organized artists. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're both, I would say, maybe type A personalities, just like to get things done. So um, that was exactly the, since it's just the two of us, it was the exact right personality. And she's, she's one of my best friends ever. So um, there's nothing better than working with a best friend. Um, sure. I, I was very fortunate that she said yes. 
Nice. <laughs> and did you say yes, Laura, or did you just uh, oh yeah? Along with absolutely. Her? Okay. I actually volunteered before he asked me. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> I volunteered myself. Yeah, it, I mean, it really, I think it builds a really beautiful bridge. We like to say that we're a for-profit with heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it really builds a beautiful bridge between the writers and the people who are looking for this music. And I should say that David is a really multi-talented writer himself, as well as being a voice teacher. Uh, I like to say we're a slash. We have all those slashes between the names. teacher slash director slash teacher slash you know all those things that we do um so yeah and so you know finding this bridge for he's a writer finding ways for him to get his music out in the world but also other people as a voice teacher when you're looking for new material for your students sometimes that can be really challenging to find on that end as well so we really wanted to make a bridge to help the writers get their music out there and to help the performers find it Wonderful. So uh, I'm on the website right now. I'm just looking at, so it's, it's a subscription website uh, that connects, I'm, I'm literally reading uh, voice teachers and students and musical theater professionals with today's best contemporary writers and songs. And that was a brilliant idea for coming up with that. So how does it work exactly? Well, uh, we are a subscription model. This is one of the things that sets us apart. We're a subscription model because our site is curated. So every song that is submitted is blindly submitted to a panel of musical theater professionals. We have writers, we have directors, we have performers who listen to the songs blindly, and they're really listening for craft, vocal responsibility, to make sure that the songs on the site, we want them, we want to have a certain level of quality on the site. So then once a writer is invited on the site, they can have up to 12 songs on the site. Um, and then from a, from a, someone searching on the site's perspective, they can, once they join as a subscriber, and we, they can join, we have several different ways they can, they can subscribe to um, so a three-day or a monthly or an annual. Um, they, they can come on the site and they can search in a myriad of ways. You can search by song type, by voice type, uh, by writer. Uh, so you can really drill down and find songs and writers that, that you have no idea about. And once you're on the site, you can also listen to a clip of the whole song. So every every song on the site, you can listen to the whole song. Uh, you can then download, uh, purchase and download the sheet music up to three times. And it's watermarked, so it'll have the name of the purchaser on the sheet music, as well as please do not copy, which we find very important to educate, um, because we want to make sure that the writer is getting paid. And that's one of the most unique features of our website, is that we pay our writers 100% of their song sales. Nobody else does that. That is incredible. I mean, as, as, a, as a songwriter, you know, <laughs> just having the opportunity to A, have our stuff heard, and B, to get paid, and C, to have all of the money is an incredible, incredible thing. So, so what is, was that the original intent right from the beginning? Or did you, that, um, you thought about maybe we'll, we'll take a little bit and then we'll do it this way? Or which, how did uh, that about? Yeah, it's a really great uh, question, uh, Jean-Paul. It, it it evolved. Actually, it started really as a uh, as a very kind of nerdy post poster paper <laughs> um, thing for for a Nats uh, conference. Nats is National Association of Teachers of Singing, 
Um, so lots of, lots of voice teachers. And I, I knew as a voice teacher, I was looking for repertoire like this. And I knew other voice teachers were too. So it actually started with a hard copy of uh, information. And then I was like, let's take this to a website. And, um, and so we did that for a couple of years. And then Laura and I, when Laura came on, we discussed, look, you know, Laura had done the research and, and discovered that like 80% of our writers had no online presence. Oh, and yes. so they were, they were having to like, people were having to email the writers to say, Hey, can I purchase this from you? And then they didn't have a PayPal account. And then they, you know, it was just, it was, it was creating so many roadblocks for the subscribers. So we're like, Hey, let's actually sell the music on our site. So that was, that happened, I think in 2016 is when we started uh, launching it. And it's been so exciting to see. I mean, this year we have historic sales. Um, we've, we've topped our sales year after year uh, of sheet music. And, and all of that money is going to the writer, which is, as, as we said, is super exciting to us. Oh yeah. And, and the fact that you've created a, a place, because okay, I know the pain of trying to get a hold of these writers because as the radio station, I want to promote you. But the problem is I have no way of getting a hold of them. <laughs> they, like, yeah. they don't have websites or they're not paying attention to their Twitter or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's actually another unique feature of our website because we really, like I said, we really do want to create community. But in addition to sales on our website, we have email addresses of everyone's subscriber on the, on the writer profile page and email address because we want people to write to them and say, Hey, purchase two songs. And I noticed they're from the same show and I'm a small fan. I'm interested in producing this show. We want to create those and connections. So we really want to make these writers accessible. And I think especially that they didn't have those kind of online presence or the time or the inclination to do that. We wanted to help build that bridge. So you said you started this in 2012. Yes. Yes. So how, how fast has it grown? So that's almost eight years now. Did you, did you find it easy when you first approached people at the beginning <laughs> to get people on board? Or as I found, they're a little skeptical sometimes to, because what you're doing is like, you're going to give me all of the money. You're going to do something for free yeah. or whatever. Um, how did that go at the beginning? It's a really good question. I mean, I, I think that I started with, because I'm, I'm part of the BMI workshop, I started there. So people knew who I was. They knew that I wasn't just going to kind of run off with their, <laughs> you know, with their songs uh, in the dark of night. Yeah. Um, and I also had a lot of connections at the NYU Tisch grad writing program. Um, and so, so that certainly helped. Um, and actually we had a, we had a good amount of, of writers at the start, probably, probably like a good 80. I mean, wow. now we're, we're like uh, almost, we're just below 200 probably um, 200 writers that we represent. So, um, so yeah, th- there has been a level of skepticism and I think because there are other sites that, that do take the writer's money. So because we're a different model, it seems a little odd to them. <laughs> the other thing that, um, that I think people are looking um you know, trying to look between the lines to see if they're missing anything is we also make it clear to our writers that we um, are non-exclusive. So if you want to sell your, your music on your own website and on ours and somewhere else, awesome. Make all the money you can make on your music as well. You should, you know, so that, um, but I think skepticism maybe is, there, there certainly has been some skepticism. I think 
that though, Laura and I have run into the fact that um, a lot of times writers um, do feel heard. And I certainly understand that as someone who's 44 years old and still emerging. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> um, emerging musical theater writer. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it's so people provide opportunities to give you a platform to be heard. Um, it, it's, um, it's very hard to take it seriously and to actually do the work that's required to to, uh, to make it happen. Yeah. And I think that's where we've found the, the most, not, not even pushback, but um, reticence, I guess, is maybe the, the best word. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, writers love to write, and that's amazing. But we're not always the best marketers of our own work. Very true. And I think it's very easy for writers to focus on and say, well, I, you know, I, I have a deadline. I have to finish this. And, and that the writing is more, most important. And the writing is very important. We definitely support that process, but we're also saying, you know, you can't just write in obscurity. If you want people to know about uh, about your work, you have to get it out there, and that's why we're here. We're here to help you through that process, but but it requires them to do to do a little um, paperwork uh, up front. Yeah, it's it's true. It, it, the artists in this industry forget that there's two words: there's show and business, and yeah. And, I, and I, and I'm, I'm the, I'm t- just as bad. I, the show part is more fun. It's just more, what's the business part that's paying your bills, right? Or hopefully one day. Um, so it's, it's a great thing that you've done. It's, it's, it's created a bridge for these artists and an ability to make the business part easier. They still have to do some work, but it's just a lot easier now. Well, thank you. And, and, and I just want to, lift up something you said, which is so true. You know, uh, the hope is that writers can make money. You know, I think we are one of the only um, industry, only parts of the musical theater industry that actually can't make a a living um, doing what we do unless we've had, you know, some sort of major success, you know, whereas, you know, not to downplay um, other artists in the industry, but, you know, an actor can go out and, uh, and, and secure work maybe for three months and then has to do another audition. But, Mm -hmm. but we as writers have a harder time, I think, securing income. And so we just wanted to address that inequality in any way that we could. That's great. Uh, now, I'd like to talk about the, the other side. So from the uh, performer going into the site and learning about it, um, for the subscription base, once you're in the site, wh- what do you see? I know you mentioned a little bit of the stuff, but what advantages as a performer wanting to find new works, what, what can they find in the site? If you can delve into well, that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we do have uh, on the menu bar, we have the ability for people to search. So you could, like I said, they have several different search functions. And one is you can search by voice type. So you can go in and put in your particular voice type, just put that in the search engine and all the songs that we have on the site that you can sing come up there. So that that's already a great way to just find material blindly that way. We also search by song type. So you just want a dramatic ballad. You can put that in. So you can put in mezzo belter 
and dramatic ballad, and you can <laughs> see whatever comes up there. Um, you can also put in keywords, so you can also search by the writer. So if you do know a writer, or once you found it on the site, you can say, oh, I've already found two songs, and they're both by David Sisko. I think David Sisko and Tom Baltieri, I should go drill down and see what else they have. And then you could just go to their page, read a little about them, and see all of their songs. So I think that's one of the nice things about our site, because we have the depth and the breadth on our site to be able to help writer, help performers find um, writers that they might not find other ways because we can you can find them so many different ways when you're on the site. I should also note that we have a lot of people who are not performers using the site, a lot of voice teachers mm-hmm. also, and now we're in a couple of college libraries as well, which is really exciting to us. So universities purchasing us for their musical theater departments, and then, you know, the students get to use the resource to purchase their music themselves, which is, you know, also great for us. The other thing that uh, I think is is helpful to subscribers, and this was Laura's brainchild, was to create a uh, uh, a functionality where you can see the date added. So, if, if like for instance, if you go on the site, you know, and you haven't been on the site for the last couple of months, you can go back in and, and search, do the same search you did a month ago or so, and see what what's new. In, in that particular category. Um, so it just helps kind of mitigate having to kind of start all over. Yeah, that's, that's very smart. I, I'm actually on the website. I went to the, uh, the um, search songs just as an example. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff and it's, it's perfect. You, you guys thought, <laughs> no, well, you've thought of everything, um, yeah. you know, the, the title, the song genre, the voice type, all, all that stuff. And, and that was very smart. I, was this an evolution to come up with some of the stuff or did, did everything just flow out perfectly? All these uh, ideas. <laughs> we loved it. it all just flowed perfectly, but it's a lot of work, especially yeah. as you said, the business side of the show. Yeah. There's a lot of things like web design and web development that were definitely not in our wheelhouse. <laughs> yep. we, we might've been able to envision what we wanted it to look like, but then we had to actually hire people to make it look like we wanted. So there's yeah. always that side of it, making it look like that. And just the business side of the business, you know, Laura and I have now written three business plans <laughs> and, you know, very, very fortunate to uh, secure uh, business loans for, um, for, um, for contemporary musical theater.com. And, uh, and that's, that's been great, but that's been like a huge learning curve for us. Um, you know, so that that's something else that that I don't think we, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> I know it, it is it's the hardest transition going from from artist to business because I did that. Um, I was I was doing art for a long time, and then I actually went completely away and was living in the business world with mm. business people, and like, and I didn't understand anything they were talking about. I would go to conferences with them and. I would just look at them confused because as an arts person, we think completely different. Yeah. It, there's, yeah. I don't know. There's some kind of wiring in our brain yeah. <laughs> that, uh, which made them happy, the business people, because they're like, Ooh, this is different. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, this, this transition is, it's glad you're making the transition and, and employing both the artistic and the business side of uh, your brains. Yeah, and, and and also you know seeing the connection between them and, and seeing yeah. how we can use our creativity in the business, you know that's that's been really cool to see too. Yeah. So I, I'm again I'm on the site. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking this site the this site would be most popular 
with people holding auditions because hearing the same song over and over again could drive you insane <laughs> when, you're, when you're directing a show, which leads me to your book. I see there's a mastering a college musical theater auditions. So you, you said you, you teach a course on auditions. Yeah. Well, the book came about because we were, uh, Dave and I both had had opportunity to sit into a lot of auditions. I was doing more on the professional side uh, <laughs> You know, uh, what we call the EPA auditions, where the general public comes in. David has sat in on a lot of college auditions, working for several universities. Uh, and, you know, we would just see the same mistakes made over and over. And one of the largest mistakes that we would see is young artists coming in with inappropriate material. And that could be anything from a really, really overdone song, something that everyone was just singing, and those go through cycles every year. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, you know, the, besides the material that they choose, what other things we say? Like just, um, just basic things in, in terms of how how to talk to the pianist, how to slate, just things that before they even open their mouth to sing, they've they've kind of set themselves up for failure. And so, um, and and actually, we were at a conference, and a, a voice teacher mentioned this to us that they were you know trying to find rep for for college auditions and and kind of. Um, understandably bemoaning the, the fact that, you know, they don't quite understand how to communicate with their student about college auditions and a huge light bulb went off. And Laura was like, we should write a book about that. <laughs> because we do, we've seen it from a lot of, a lot of different angles. So the book is really, um, it's, uh, it's a long title, but it's, uh, um, it speaks both to the student, teacher, and parent. In each chapter, uh, each chapter is broken down to a particular question that's important to the audition process. And we answer that question um, with special sections for, for the student, teacher, and parent because we found that a lot of times those three groups are not talking to each other. Um, <laughs> and that just hurts the students. So... Um, unlike other uh, audition books that have come out recently, um, our book really uh, tries to look at the, the the audition process from kind of a holistic point of view. Nice. You guys seem to be figuring out niches that need to be filled and fill them. You know, there's there's a there's a need for you know, finding all these songs. There's a need for the writers. There's a need for the auditions. So again, I've said this already, but congratulations on on finding these niches that need to be filled. So well, that's great. You're doing the same you're doing the same thing yourself, Jean Paul. So you know it's a great thing to, you know, it's great things for people to write this music, but it also needs to be heard. So I, I think kudos to you also for, for giving this music some some airtime that it greatly deserves and doesn't get very often. Absolutely. Well thank you very much. Um, I like I've said many times before, it's just we need to support our own community. And and sometimes I don't know if that happens always, you know, again, maybe the skepticism of, you know, are you helping me or are you helping yourself? And, and honestly, it, we are all helping ourselves by helping each other. I call it selfish altruism. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think we're, while, while we may, all, while we may currently be in, in an age of populism, I think we're also in, a, in an age of synchronicity. And I, mm. the thing that's exciting to me is many artists are seeing how we can all, connect and support each other um, to, in, in a way that's mutually beneficial. Yes. And that's, you know, that's really exciting. It is. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, some of the writers here. 
Has any of the writers uh, that you have uh, brought in and is in your thing, in your uh, list of uh, writers, gone on and exploded? Um, or, you know, are these all still relatively new or a combination of all those? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, to, to us, our writers are all, all exploding. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> I mean, we're we're heading into the holidays. We're all going to explode. Yes. One or another. So, um, <laughs> um, but no, no, seriously, our our writers are incredibly talented, and um, we've had uh, several different success stories. Um, you know, we're uh, so happy for Sarah Wordsworth and uh, Russ Kaplan, who um, were co-writers um, with several other talented writers uh, for In Transit, which was the first yes. musical on I Broadway. That. Yeah. Yep, and they currently um, have a show. Um, it's Elf on the Shelf. Elf on the Shelf musical. <laughs> um, I think in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, currently, and they've worked so hard on that, and so so they're they're just an example of you know uh, writers. We have John Bacchino is uh, is on on our website. Hugely talented um, songwriter, just a, a master of uh, story songs wrote a catered affair on Broadway mm-hmm. performed on Broadway. So um, we have Jeff Blumenkrantz who, you know, is not only known as a writer, but a phenomenal um, performer has been on Broadway many, many times. Most recently, I think uh, on Broadway and great, great star. Um, so we just have lots of those, those types of writers. Many of our writers have um, won the Fred Ebb award, the Jonathan Larson award, Absolutely. you know, so, um, so these writers are really at the top of their game. And the thing is that they may not be as well known because they're not having, you know, they're not um, on Broadway yeah. Uh, yet, but, but they're all kind of um, blowing up in their own rights. And we, we really do try to help our writers in that respect too. We're asking them, to, you know, since we were talking about how they're not necessarily great at publicizing themselves. Uh, another thing we're trying to do with the site is also ask our writers, where are your shows being done? Because, you know, musical theater can be very New York centric yeah. and musical theater is happening all over the world. We have writers and subscribers from all over the world. So we want to know when their shows are being done in different places and we can help them publicize. We have a very uh, popular blog um, on WordPress. And so, you know, we do interviews with the theater, with the writers talking about their shows and the development process, because as we all know, a musical can take a long, long time in development. So a lot of times, you know, you may not have heard of a show, but it may have had a production or two or even you know more before it kind of gets on the radar of average person. Now in the age of also, I think, self-publishing, there are a lot more writers who are uh, making their own CDs, you know, things so that that music gets out there a little more, which is great because that allows you to find it and us to find it and other people. So we're trying to help them do that and, and get the word out about those those shows that we may not have heard of yet. Yes. And 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 that I, there's an entire program I pro, I uh, program called the Sampler Platter, which is exactly mm-hmm. that, where... I play three songs, give a little intro, a synopsis of the show, a little production history for producers and people like that who, you know, you may not know this show, but it's big in Australia or worked in the UK or whatever. And yeah, we've had examples. We've had, we've had uh, a couple of subscribers who, you know, did find, did find a writer and uh, asked that, asked to hear the whole show. So, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we do get shows produced through our site as well. So that's really exciting for us to make, to make, writers 
people aware of writers that they might not have been aware of. That is, that's, it's such a great feeling when, when that happens. Um, yeah. You probably have that all the time. Um, yeah. You know, find, hearing, you know, one of your writers on the site, their show got put up or it's getting listened to or whatever. It, it uh, That's the feeling I get when I hear success stories. Yeah. From, I, I noticed on the website, just to, just take it back to some of the writers, we're missing an important writer on there. There's no David Cisco on that's the... Uh, uh, that's very sweet. It's um, it, You'll see <laughs> under Gualtieri and Cisco. Oh, okay. Very talented writing partner. Yeah. Tom and I have written together for over 16 years. We, okay. met, we met at BMI. So yeah, so I'm, I'm listed there. Some, <laughs> some of our writers, that's actually an interesting point though, because there are some of our writers who do work with multiple writing partners. So mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we'll have a lyricist who has worked with several different composers. So sometimes they're on the side and there's links to both if they work individually. Okay. Some of the writers are listed as a team if they work exclusively with one writing partner. So, which is also interesting because sometimes you hear the different styles, you know, uh, over, over the years. Oh yeah. It makes such a difference who you're working with just, you know, their style with your style as opposed to somebody else. So, yep. Totally understand. Cool. Um, Is there anything else you want to let us know about the site that, that I never hit upon? Um, Sure. Well, I'm, we're going to give you a scoop uh, (laughs) because we actually haven't talked about this publicly, but um, in January we are launching an audition cuts platform. Hmm. Um, really excited about this. So we're taking uh, over a hundred, uh, well over a hundred of our um, songs that are on the site that have um, done really well, sold really well, and songs that we feel um, that are really good for auditions. And we have personally cut them with the help of the writers um, into long and short cuts. Um, short cuts are like thirty to forty-five seconds. Long cuts are forty-five seconds to a minute 15 um, for more like equity um, calls. And so that's going to be launched um, uh, in January. And we're super excited to provide that not only the, the sheet music, but we're also going to have on the site MIDI files of the, of the music. So people can actually just rehearse with the music on the site. Oh, that makes life so much easier. <laughs> Cause <laughs> if you can't so play or pound it yeah. out. Yeah. As a voice, as a voice teacher and voice coach, I, I have so many people that come in. And they're like, I have no clue where how to cut this song, and I was, you know, I'm always baffled. I'm like, you did go to college for this, right? <laughs> it's like such an important skill, but a lot of a lot of young and even uh, middle career professionals do not really struggle with finding the best part of the song that's going to kind of meet the sweet spot of their voice. So, um, so we just wanted to kind of take some of the guesswork out of that Um, in the way that like music notes has been doing with Sherry Sanders. um, We just wanted to kind of provide that as as something on our site as well. That's fantastic. You guys are uh, thinking of everything. (laughs) (laughs) You're don't, 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 give it all away too fast. You know, you still got a whole lifetime ahead of you. So unless you come up with new stuff, you want to try. Well, that's very kind of you. And I mean, the, the thing that's great is, you know, we, we are just, it's just the two of us and, yeah. you know, we're able to accomplish a lot, but it also, I think really helps us prioritize what's mm-hmm. most important and how to, how to um, keep true to the vision of this site. Um, and that's, that's been great. Yeah, we love we love spreading the word of contemporary musical theater around the world. I mean, we've done a couple of conferences and we love doing like master classes and workshops and things where we've 
you know, gotten to introduce some of this music. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes what we'll do is say, oh, what do you use as an audition song? Oh, yeah, we've heard that one a lot. But, you know, instead <laughs> of that song, why don't you sing this song, which kind yeah. of does the same thing and show off that same part of your voice, but the 20 girls before you won't have already sung this song. <laughs> you know, it's a way for us to introduce music to people. And also we, we love, you know, sharing. There are some different things about working on contemporary music mm-hmm. than there is doing your, your production of Oklahoma that you did yeah. in high school. Because working on something new, you know, especially if you get the gift of working with the writer in the room, mm-hmm. um, there are some different things about working on contemporary work that you may not have had experience with in your in your early career. <laughs> so we love also talking about that. And because David's a gifted voice teacher and I'm a director, you know, we sort of can bring that to this this site as well where we can go around and talk about this and help young artists say hi this is how this is how you work on this work and bring it to life do you guys uh go out and 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 go to different do you go to the colleges and and teach these courses like do you do outside um classes like we do or things like that (laughs) we would love we'd love to come to Yeah, we've actually been really fortunate to, uh, my gosh, a lot of, we've done a a lot of master classes and um, some workshops uh, around the country. We were, uh, last last year, we were in Tuscaloosa at University (laughs) of Alabama. Um, uh, A dear colleague of of ours brought us out to work with um, her incredible students. Um, uh, Ryder, we've been at NYU Steinhardt, uh, Marymount Manhattan College, um, lots of different uh, places. We were even in Denmark. Yeah, we taught at wow. the Dunkenschule in Denmark. <laughs> it, trust me, it took us a long time to figure out how to pronounce that. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so we've done that, and we've also done uh, several conferences. We've uh, there's a musical theater educators uh, alliance, which we've uh, done two presentations there. We've done um, doing a presentation this coming. Uh, June at the NATS conference in Knoxville, which we're excited about. And um, this is the third year that we've done NICETIA, which is New York State Theater, Theater Education Theater Educators Alliance. I'm yes. going to guess that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing, we're starting to do some, um, you know, high school theater conferences as well. So, wow. cause you know, you know how they love their musical theater now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We'll be down at the Georgia Thespian uh, Festival as well um, this February. So, yeah, we love to travel. Yeah. Have a, if you have a school somewhere, invite us. We'd love to come. <laughs> well, uh, have you? there's my old alma mater at the Sheridan College up here in... Uh, oh, we love... They do some great things for our new we, musical theater. Yes. We would love to connect with them. We are very well aware of Sheridan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's perfect. my old stomping ground. So, you know what? I'll see what I can uh, do. <laughs> yeah. See, see if I can make it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank the, thank you, the both of you, for coming on and and talking to me today and, and letting us know about uh, contemporarymusicaltheater.com. Because, like I've said already, you're doing a great thing, and it's very very important that uh, the, for the writers and the performers and the producers and everybody have access to these new works. So, great job, great job. Well, we'd love to offer your listeners a discount code to our site. Wonderful. Your podcast. So we can send that to you. Is there a way we can, uh, well, we'll give you a a code. Yeah, we'll talk. (laughs) And we'll we'll figure that out. That would be awesome. Thank you. Now, before we finish, I have to ask. Now, for every interview I do, I ask three questions to my people. 
that are that I'm speaking to. Now, there's no right or wrong answers to these questions, but there's a wrong answer. <laughs> so these are important. All right. My three questions. My first question is always Weber or Sondheim? Sondheim. <laughs> and why? <laughs> uh, so the, literally, I, this, is, this is a little cheeky, but the first thing that came to my mind was hashtag duh. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, just, just the, the depth and, and breadth of, of, of work and the, the level of craft. And the, the thing about Sondheim that, um, look, Andrew Lloyd Webber has written some really amazing things. Like, but, but for me, if I'm going to have to choose, I choose Sondheim because Sondheim is able to create an emotional subtext to the music um, that is so deep and profound that it does not tire uh, the listener uh, of listening to it several times. Nice. And you, Laura? I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. All right. There was no, you know what? The funny thing is that usually comes out 50, 50 because they're so completely different. They're very different. Yeah. But I always like to ask that question because, you know, I'm a shit disturber. So, <laughs> and, and, and I know Andrew and Stephen are always listening. So, you know, they always like to know who's interested I love in them. That. <laughs> I, love, I, I also have an added um, purpose of, you know, I, I've had the, the pleasure of actually corresponding with Mr. Sondheim. Oh, yeah. Uh, about my work. Oh. I mean, he was incredibly generous in my, my early years of, of writing um, and sharing thoughts. So, I mean, I know that, that Andrew Lloyd Webber has been equally uh, generous in different ways, but wow. um, personally that, that really touched me. That is very cool. You know, to get to these, these people that, you know, are legends, they are um, in musical theater. Uh, and then just to find out, you know, they not so bad. <laughs> They're just like right. us. <laughs> I'll have to many a little bit more talented than I am. <laughs> I have to admit that he is, <laughs> but cool. All right. A uh, second question. What has been your favorite contemporary musical theater show that's come out in this millennia? Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I'm going to put in a pitch for, for Tom Baltieri and David Sisko because nice. it's called falling to earth um, that was really quite, it's a modern retelling of the Pygmalion story. Really beautiful. They're working on something new, which I don't know is for public consumption, but <laughs> I'd, I'd personally pick anything that they're working on. So that's my selfish pick. That is incredibly generous. <laughs> um, I, I would not pick my own work. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yikes. I mean, the things that pop up in my mind um, Light in the Piazza to me is mm-hmm. so extraordinarily crafted. It's his birthday today. Oh, is it? Well, <laughs> today that, that we're doing the interview, by the time this airs, it probably isn't his birthday. But yeah, today's his birthday, December 16th. I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so brilliant. Um, and and also uh, Carolina Change. Um, nice. That just wrecked me when I saw it. Um, and I know I'm excited about the revival. Um, coming to Broadway this uh, this year. Oh, there's one coming because uh, there's a, a perform. I think a, a, pr- a production being done in Toronto in the next little bit too. 
Oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, I was in London, and I don't know if it's coming to Toronto before it comes to New York. I, I don't know if it's I, the same production. In, no, I think this is an independent one. Oh, independent no. one. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, that is, that is to me, like, almost what I would consider, like, pop opera. I mean, just the, the because it's it's sung through, you know, and just the, the, the way that uh, Janine creates um, form um, in, in in that show is just unbelievable to me. Um, so extraordinary. That's you know, that's great that the two of you did not choose any of the, the big stuff, you know, little off the beaten path, but still good works. And, and I'm glad because cool. anybody, anybody could throw out, you know, Hamilton or, or Dearman <laughs> Hansen or come from away or whatever. But yeah, again, you're pointing out all these shows that some people might not know. Not everybody knows Carolina change. Right. Yeah. Well, they should. Absolutely. That is, I mean, that's a master class uh, and a history class at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. One more question. The most important question, audience members eating food in the theater. Yes or no? No. No. Thank you. (laughs) They should be doing nothing but watching the show. No phone, no talking, no eating. Just watch. You know, being in a live theater production is one of the most special things you can do. I love creating it. But to be in a room with artists who are creating theater live, and I think it's why I think it's such an important thing. I now have children. I take my children to the theater. To be in the room and watch something happening live in front of you is such a gift. Uh, I I am appalled when people do not respect it. (laughs) I think, you know, I think, too, it's we're – there is a, a level of vulnerability that is asked of an audience to follow a, a protagonist through either a play or a musical. And I think that we're in an age where that vulnerability, people just feel really uncomfortable. And so they, um, they find ways to hide in the theater um, rather than, than experience um, what the, the, the protagonist is experiencing. And I think that that's a really lot. First of all, it's very expensive (laughs) Um, opportunity lost, but it's also, you know, for our humanity, it's, it's a huge opportunity lost. And so, yeah, I I agree with Laura, just stay present and, and receive what you're supposed to receive from the piece. And that is the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) I love the passion whenever I ask that question. And it's usually as immediate as you gave and the just people want to explode and say, my other big peeve is stay for the bows. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That drives me insane. Get up and leave. I'm like, they just gave you their two hours. You can give them another two minutes to applaud. Absolutely. Oh, that, that is one of the most disrespective, you know, things I can think of. Oh, well, those are my three questions and you answered them perfectly. (laughs) I was nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You were fine. No worries. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Laura and David, so much for coming on and and exposing the world to uh, contemporarymusicaltheater.com. Again, you're doing a great work here. So thank you. 
Thanks so much for Our having pleasure. us. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, that again was Laura and David um, on Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. Tune in next week as we talk to another guest or guests about their love, life, and passion for musical theatre. Again, I am, as always, your host, Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and I will see you when I see you. We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theatre throughout the world, and we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community.